In compliance with EX 1063, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Welcome all. This meeting is now in order. Okay, so let's uh, let's call this uh, meeting to order. Uh, I move. Anybody? Oh yeah. Anybody uh, want to uh, second? I'll second. Oh hello. Oh okay. yes. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Okay. Let's do attendance. Um, we have uh, Val Le Pen. Val Le Pen. Yes, Val Le Pen. You mean the 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 famous French swashbuckling mouse? Uh, Is he here tonight? I wish. I thought he was like the uh, the slow brother of uh, Marine Le Pen. Oh, it could be. Could be both. Well, I'm. I don't think either of them are here. Ah, so yeah. I'm here though. I, you are Paul, Paul Deschamps. Paul Deschamps. I knew I recognized you. Yeah. Yeah. You were here last week. I was. Ah, yeah. Of course. But I'm wearing my Christmas sweater. It's very. It's festive. I know. Exceedingly festive. Yeah. I like it. Right. So we've got uh, Paul de Chancrosso-Volepin and uh, Ailing Mormon. Do we have an Ailing Mormon? No. Last I checked, I'm not. No. I'm, no. Feeling, I'm feeling pretty healthy. Yeah. And I'm not a Mormon. So I'm a, I think, you know what? That's Aiden Morgan. That's me. Sorry. Common mistake. I seem to do this every meeting. It, yeah, that's just your imagination. Okay, that's good. Good. Yeah. I would. I'd hate to think I was falling down on the job. I should, but I. I should be on the lookout for personal improvement. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. true. So, so let's start off. We got the uh, any any minutes. Uh, we adopt. Want to adopt the agenda? Um, yeah. Well, could we uh, hold off on business arising from last week's minutes until the second half because we have uh, another special presentation this week. This is highly irregular. Yeah, I know. Okay. Is it okay? Um, Okay. Okay, thanks. Uh, we have uh, Sarah Maria Dobies from Bike Regina is here today. Yes, I am. Welcome, third person. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, so, uh, yeah, we wanted to get you on tonight because uh, apparently there's like a really serious problem uh, that uh, city council cannot pronounce your name. Uh, yeah, the um, yeah city council can't pronounce it or or write it actually. Oh, really? Um, I um, nor can members of media. Um, I've actually I've been to council or committees nine times, and my name has been misspelled seven different ways. They are a bunch of jokers, <laughs> just just a pile of jokers. It is a tricky really. name. There's three parts to it. Right. So, yeah. And how do we pronounce it? Um, the first name is Sarah Maria. Um, okay. And the last name is Dobies. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get a lot of Dobbissy. Yeah. But uh, I, I like it when people remember that I have a name. Yeah. So you actually get Dobbissy? Oh, yeah, lots. That, yeah. That is, that is ridiculous. But people, people are silly. All right. Yeah. yeah. It's not like there's any French in Canada. <laughs> I've seen some. You have? The, oh, over to the east. Right. Yeah, the yeah. like the East Side Marios. I, I there oh, a yeah? number. Yeah, the there's number, like there. a number of French One people at East Side Marios. Yeah, they're, right. they're, uh, they're pleased with their nachos. Yeah. <laughs> so, is there anything else you want to talk about tonight? Um, sure. Well, yeah, the my name is is the least of Bike Regina's problems. Oh, I really? think <laughs> um, something I deal with day to day, but uh, I, I think I'd, I'd be better to put more energy into into improving cycling in the city. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, you were you were out for the budget meeting two weeks ago, mm -hmm. uh, representing Bike Regina, and speaking about all of the wonderful things that were in the budget to uh, promote cycling in the city. Um, and so it was, you know, you were there to give a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> the or sound of not. one hand clapping. Right. Um, no, um, this was actually a, a, a disappointing budget for Bike Regina. Um, we've been responding to the city budgets for this is the fourth year. And every year we sort of we had something to look forward to or something that we were happy about um, more or less each year. And uh, even if it was something in a future budget that we were looking forward to, sort of like a carrot that we were following. Um, but this was the year that um, there was no new infrastructure uh, besides recapping a portion of the multi-use pathway. And um, plans that had been in uh, projected from last year's budget were removed from this budget. So mm -hmm. not only was there nothing new, the old 
carrot had been taken away. So it was it was really disappointing for us. Uh, it, and it was really a, a strong contrast to our previous experiences with the budgets. Right, well, because I think I just want to say, I think uh, if we're talking about old carrots, they do get very soft. So I think they had a good reason. They probably looked in the fridge and saw this like really soft carrot. We're like, oh, we gotta gotta get rid of this. And nobody went to the store. I've written a lot of memos about <laughs> uh, about the snacks in the fridge, and it's it's systemic. So yeah. just just so you know. Okay. Well, that yeah. that's maybe a little reassuring. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we could have a bike lane instead of a carrot, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't, I, even though I mean, if it's edible, I could go with that. Okay, edible bike lanes. <laughs> Um, Sorry, continue. continue. <laughs> so you're saying that there was uh, there was nothing because I remember you going to uh, council meetings in the past, and, mm-hmm. and frequently the response has been extremely good. Yeah. Um, and I noticed uh, after you made your presentation this time, it was much silenter than in years past. Yeah, we were really surprised by that. We had actually we uh, in previous years we had been surprised by the number of questions and the amount of enthusiasm we had had from council and that was it was really encouraging. Um, this year we had prepared a bunch of answers to really tough questions and you know predicted who, which council was going to say what and and prepared answers for their wards. But uh, the only questions we actually got were, um, is there anything else you'd like to say or anything you'd like to add? And what we had prepared for that question, that's a good one. Mm. <laughs> and the other one was, if you had to choose one of your four requests, which would you, would you choose? And so that's you know, like a sad question yeah. to start with. And you chose the carrots, of course. <laughs> no, we didn't chose carrots. And... Late, thinking later, I sort of regretted the choice that I made. I'd made a choice that I thought was an easy sell. It was one that was going to be a way for the city to save money. Mm. Um, this, the, mm. the choice or the, the option we, or the priority we chose was that, um, for any, uh, roadway that is being worked on or being developed that has future plans for in- cycling infrastructure, that if it was budgeted to work on the roadway this year, but the cycling infrastructure was for in a few years, do the infrastructure now. So it, in the long run, it saves money. You only have the crew out there once. You're only uh, roughing up the road once. Um, I mean, that's what we suggested that we would be the number one priority. Um, yeah, that was something that you guys brought forward. I think it was two, maybe three years ago. And Councillor Hinks just was tripping over himself to go on about what a fantastic idea this is and how it'll save so much money and you know wanted to see the city get right on that Mm -hmm. just tripping over fresh carrots (laughs) yeah yeah well they do have a habit of stirring them about to keep everybody like you know um well fed during a budget meeting oh that's great yeah but um yeah and it was something that uh it it was in the downtown neighborhood plan right uh dating back to whatever 2000 well, I guess 2009 was when it was passed. Yeah. And it's something that is in the official community plan. This is something that the city has. Mm-hmm. And you guys keep reminding them of it, and now they're just kind of being quiet about it. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, un, it's unfortunate that the city has plans and has priorities and has you know, official plans that don't necessarily get, you know, the next step don't get put in place. We can't just remain satisfied with having priorities and having plans if we're not, you know, actually moving on to something concrete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what uh, what were you hoping to have seen in the budget before it came out? What were your big hopes? Okay. Um, well, last, last year, um, Councillor Hanks had put forward a motion to um, study the financials of each of our five requests, which we had been making for three years, um, including the one I mentioned, including uh, just standardizing the priority for snow clearance. There's 37 priority um, spot improvements that we gave to the city. Um, and so he had put forward a motion to um, study all of them. And so we were hoping something would come of that, that, you know, that they had found, oh, we'll be saving money if we do this, so let's put it in the budget. But um, it wasn't there. And uh, there was also infrastructure that was meant to be this year, well, that was meant to be put in in 2015. There was meant to be the bike lane on Lorne was supposed to be going 
north two more blocks. That didn't happen in 2015 itself. Right, so that's that the, was sorry. That's the uh, Lauren bike lane downtown. That's correct. Right. Yeah, it was supposed to go uh, beyond Victoria Park. Right. Because um, right now it just sort of ends at Victoria. So that was, I mean, that's not something we had petitioned the city for, really, because it's, you know, something small and it doesn't protect, like, bike lanes are great, but I don't need one to get across Victoria and just just to the park, because I'll go into the park. Um, but there were other, some other plans, I'm just going to grab my piece of paper discreetly. Yeah, that's what I yeah. I should I should add at this point that we uh, we conducted a study at the Bureau uh, this, this, this time last year. And it turned out that most bike riders in Regina just want to ride their bikes up and down Lauren all day. <laughs> they, they don't, they don't want to yeah. go anywhere. Or we like were get, really surprised. Well, we'll you actually know. have to. They, they can only come one way on Lauren. So they have to dangerously, not dangerously, cycling isn't dangerous. They have to <laughs> go two blocks on Victoria, uh, dealing with traffic changing two lanes, and then they can go south on Smith and then catch Lauren again at college. That, that so that's so... actually what, since 2010, that's what cyclists want. Uh, Oh, of course. I mean, my understanding was that they just got to that end of the bike lane and got kind of confused and then just maybe walked back their bikes back on the sidewalk and then started again. And they just went on like that all day. It's like a fun ride. And, yeah, until until yeah. like uh, one of the residents who lived in the area actually shouted at me to stop doing that. <laughs> so, which yes. I was like, okay. So uh, I found seriously what we were hoping to see, which was there for this year was planned a south of downtown bike study, and hopefully the results would you know lead to infrastructure and also a Twelfth Avenue bikeway that was supposed to be implement, implemented. Um, and sorry, that would go east west. East west. And that would would that be replacing? There was years ago. There was supposed <laughs> to be one on Fifteenth. There's been plans for Fifteenth, Thirteenth, Twelfth. I think next plan would be Fourteenth. Okay. That, that, that yeah. makes good numerical sense. <laughs> yeah. yes. um, so, I mean, obviously with these plans, we can see that there needs to be something going east-west. Uh, there's a little, a couple little bikeways going north from the park to downtown, but uh, east-west is lacking. And, I mean, overall city east-west and overall city north-south are lacking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that fifteenth bike lane was like a real tragedy when that that got voted out by, of all people, Councillor Clipsham, oh, and uh, the mayor at the time, Mayor Fiaco. Mm-hmm. They uh, they teamed up to sort of kill the fifteenth Avenue um, mm-hmm. bike lane. I remember that. Yeah. yeah, that was that was a surprise. Yeah, having Clipsham sort of go against a bike lane. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, there's people who park on fifteenth, <laughs> and they really didn't want to give up their parking spots for part yeah. of the day for a bike lane. Was that in residential area that they yeah. didn't want to give it? Okay, yeah. This yeah. was before Bike Regina's time. So, okay. Yeah. When did you guys start? Um, bike Regina as an entity, it was Bike to Work Regina. It was created by the city actually in 2009. And then in 2011-ish, it uh, became much more independent of the city. It's a volunteer-run uh, citizens group uh, since 2011. Yeah. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what else? Uh, so you had also mentioned that there were things that had been taken out. Were there other things that uh, you wanted to highlight? Um, those are the specific ones that come yeah. that were actually planned on right. paper with dollar signs attached to them um, and then just disappeared this year. I mean, we have been making the same requests for four years um, that we see as priorities um, and would really like to see, you know, more happening with those. We're really happy to see that this year um, there will winter maintenance, the Department of uh, Traffic and Infrastructure or Transit and Infrastructure. Um, is going to study standardizing winter clearance on bike lanes this year. Um, won't happen till the end of the year. So that's something that comes from last year's motion from Council Hinks. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. 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 Um, the So there's nothing, they, there was a lot of talk about the capital plan, you know, having this like, you know, forward thinking five years in advance yeah. capital plan. Uh, is there anything coming up in there that you guys spotted or is, is no, biking just kind of no. disappeared? Um, no, it's, I was really, uh, I think the word we used in our letter was extremely disappointed. Um, I was going through my thesaurus looking for synonyms of disappointed <laughs> as I was pre- preparing our budget just because it was all gone. Uh, the word bike doesn't appear once. The word um, bike lane, bike way, I was looking up. Any possibility. And really, it was only, um, well, 
I stopped myself here. There was there's a little bit of recapping of the multi-use pathway, and there's also plans for a transportation master plan coordinator, uh, full-time position that hopefully um, will one help the transportation master plan get a little bit improved, and also hope help hopefully help it be passed. Um, so that's something we're looking forward to. We're excited about working with this person. I I imagine it will be somebody that shares the priorities of the official community plan and then the proposed transportation master plan, yeah. and we'll work on concrete uh, measures within it. Yeah, so the um, the transportation master plan is something that we've wanted to talk about at the Queen City Improvement Bureau mm-hmm. on 91.3 CJTR, Regina's community radio station. And, that's right. Yeah. And uh, so what, what are your thoughts on the transportation master plan? I just... Uh, to recap, the transportation master plan is this big, you know, broad look at the whole transportation network in the city and is supposed to come forward with progressive ideas about how to improve it in the long term, like 20 years out. Mm-hmm. Um, how does it look for cycling? Um, well, on the outside, it looks good. On the inside, it looks weak. Um, there's about six priorities that are, are they're, they're called directions that are identified within the transportation master plan, which is actually the plan for, for the next 25 years. Um, three of those touch on one is active transportation, one is a sustainable infrastructure. Um, there's three of them that touch cycling. And so we're excited about this because it's, you know, three of six is a good priority. Um, but if you, when you look in, down into the details, um, it's really not that ambitious. Um, for 25 years, they're looking at going for, like, for example, an example, mode share targets are, they're looking at going from 8% to 10% in 25 years, which, I mean, is going to happen organically without doing anything. Yeah. What, that, that sounds like a great plan, then, if you don't have to do anything. This is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to see that the people upstairs are taking our suggestions. Finally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so 25 years, so that means if you have a child who's 10 now, they'll see this fulfillment of the biking infrastructure in Regina when they're middle-aged. <laughs> I get if thirty five is middle aged. Well, I don't I'm thirty five. Well, yeah, it's 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 a long term plan, yeah. um, and I mean we've looked at the map inside it, and the long term map looks great. It looks like what we would like to have right now, though. Um, it includes north south passageways, east west pass- east west passageways. It includes um, connectivity, which is something that's really lacking in mm. the city. I mean, you can get two blocks, as you're saying, we can get two blocks and then you're done. Uh, it it's really going to improve that, but it's it's too far away. Um, and then the specific details, I don't I don't see the motivation for uh, city planners to include infrastructure right away if they know they just have to improve 2% in 25 years. Mm-hmm. And that's including walking. So they could even be just, you know, let's fix sidewalks and get 2% more people walking. Um, it, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, the analogy that I give to people is it's like they've got this outside plan and the inside details that just don't make sense. It's if, um, like, I start telling all my friends I'm going to eat really healthy. And then they, they start... Yeah, I don't know, Pinteresting me recipes with kale. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm not going to eat vegetables. I'm just going to stop eating chocolate donuts and start eating regular donuts. <laughs> and then there's like looking at the footnote and it's like, there are no more chocolate donuts anyways. <laughs> so it's just like, <laughs> we need the carrot at the end, getting the planners. Cho- chocolate yeah. carrots. Cho- we need the chocolate carrots. Need chocolate chocolate Maybe carrot. that would help the planners and council um, think, okay, I, I want to ride my bike, but I need to waste or u- use energy. Um, if I ate a chocolate carrot, I could then ride my bike a few blocks. Maybe if we gave them bikes and gave them helmets with little rods on them and chocolate carrots <laughs> dangling from the end of the helmet, then they would just bike all day trying to get to that <laughs> chocolate carrot. Perhaps. And before they know it, they'd be you know, at work. <laughs> at home, so, somehow out yeah. like by by the animal, like you know, yeah. rescue shelter. Well, and then there would know. be these poor city councilors, like <laughs> ragged and panting at the end of the day. They can't lift their limbs anymore. Going, can't reach carrot. 
I think they would realize they love it. I think they would enjoy the exercise. Yeah. And yeah. would find the carrot itself like just bizarre and repulsive. But because then, chocolate covered <laughs> carrot, come on. If they got into really good shape, they mm. might have a lot of energy and want to do a lot of things. They might. It might all of a sudden become a priority for it. It's amazing how when you actually do something or in contact with an activity, it becomes a priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's something actually we've been working on with council. We do a yearly, we call it the Rack Ride. It used to be a secret name, but now we say it publicly. It's a ride with administration and council where during Commuter Challenge Week, we invite uh, all, all of council, council and the mayor and key members of administration for a pretend commute where we take them through some infrastructure, show them, you know, what's lacking, what's great, and then we take them to a barbecue. And so they have Ooh. a good time riding their bikes, and then they get good food. Wow. So Barbecuing those up? carrots. Um, depending on the year, it's it's we don't have to be cynical about this one. It's kind of good. Um, we've had between one and four... Uh, Counselors okay. that have come oh, along, yeah. whether or not they're riding or just coming to the barbecue portion. Right. And then we get admin and then we get members of the cycling community, like the racers in the city. Nice. That come. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Um, we, should, we should go. Yeah, sure. We, we, are, we are key administration yeah, uh, personnel. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're welcome to come. Nice. It's true, especially if they're chocolate carrots. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love chocolate carrots. Yeah. Well, it's, all, it's sponsored by the Ukrainian co-op, so I don't know if they have uh, chocolate carrots. A, a piece of klobasa hanging off a stick? <laughs> That'd Co- be enough. Covered in chocolate? Sure. <laughs> okay, sure. I love it. Um, so it's winter, uh, mm-hmm. winter cycling. Yes. Uh, is it awesome? It is more awesome than you could imagine. Um, winter cycling, it's um, you don't get cold. You get warmer than you would in your car. Uh, everyone thinks you're a champion because you biked in this, no matter what it is outside. <laughs> and it's actually really peaceful. Um, mm. I love winter cycling when there's fresh snow on the ground and um, I can hear a little bit of crunching and it, there, it sort of mutes the sound of the traffic and... Um, yeah, it's nice. There's like glowing from the sparkling yeah. from the snow. Yeah, and it's um obviously you have to bike different in the winter than you do in the summer, and just the same as you have to you know drive different in the winter and walk different in the winter. And so there's precautions to take, but it's a, a great thing. Yeah. How long have you been winter cycling? Since 2011. Oh wow, so yeah. you've been at it a while. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Handy thing would be knobbly tires. Yeah, knobbly tire tires are studded or studded tires are yeah. great. You can buy them or you can make them yourselves, yourself. Um, and then layers, wear layers because when you start, you're going to be chilly. But then once you get going, you can, you know, you're going to heat up right away. Don't overdress because you'll just get annoyed and sweaty and and gross. Um, and then the a good tip I give people is always be ready to put a foot down because mm-hmm. you're you're going to be sliding a bit. And wear bright colored clothing, but not so bright that you're white (laughs) and can't be seen. Precisely, yeah. yeah. You want to choose your your color based on that. You don't want to attract predators. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, don't wear like seal costume or anything like that. Or, or just, I'm just picturing like sealers like showing up, like, oh, we got lost on the flows. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot for coming in, yeah. Sarah Maria. Sure, my and, pleasure. And uh, in, in recognition, uh, because you are an improvement vector in the city, <laughs> uh, we're presenting you with a certificate of improvement that acknowledges that the third person, Sarah Maria Dobis, <laughs> is, is an improvement vector. Thank you. So yeah. the first time that I tweeted about Sarah Maria at City Council, I missed her name, and she was the third person. Uh, at the, so the whole, through the whole meeting, I was referring to her as the third person, and you totally gave me a heck on Twitter afterwards. It just brought me back to being the middle child of four and how I was always forgotten in every story. So. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Okay. But this year you did call me Bike Regina, so that was okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually because I couldn't remember Luke's name. Your oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hello, Ms. Bike Regina. Yes. <laughs> that sounds, yeah, sounds like it. CBC called me Santa this year, if that makes oh. you feel any better. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, we should move on to the next item on the agenda, which is innovative revenue tools. And uh, I actually have two. I'll get through them quickly. Okay. Uh, my first one, uh, well, I have a question for you, Paul. Shoot. What do you know about piezoelectricity? 
I know zip, zero, about piezoelectricity. Well, I know slightly more. Like, for example, I know that there's a word called piezoelectricity. Uh, so take piezoelectricity and apply it to the bicycling uh, culture in Regina. Okay. And you can actually turn that few block strip on Lorne into like a rotating, you know, a moving mat. And so they can bike all day long. Oh. And the piezoelectricity <clears throat> generated will be used for for the city's benefit. That's brilliant. Because everybody loves to ride up and down Lorne. <laughs> I know. That's that's what our study concluded. Yeah, and now so, they'll never get to the end of it. Exactly. <laughs> and they'll never get confused and have to get shouted at by, by like, old women. <laughs> and when... When uh, the city is like writing up his budget next year, they can point out that they now have an infinite bike lane, nice. and their bike lane infrastructure is going to look fantastic. And they can just toss out that twenty-five year plan because it's already been done into infinity. Yeah. So thank you, thank I'm, you. I'm Sarah not going to second that motion. Oh. <laughs> well, we don't we we don't have quorum anyway, so it doesn't <laughs> well, matter. All right. Uh, our, our second innovative revenue tool uh, addresses the issue from the budget meeting last week uh, with the police, the RPS, mm -hmm. wanting uh, new weapons, carbine-style weapons. Um, and it occurred to me that for a small investment, you can get, instead of guns, you can actually get devices, shaped like guns if you like, uh, carbine-style uh, with small uh, card readers that will actually read suspects' bank accounts. And just suck the money right out of them. Really? Yes. Or high-powered like vacuums that will actually like take the bills if they only have cash. This this could revolutionize policing in the yeah, city because then you would be like judge, jury, and uh, fine collection agent it, all rolled into one. Exactly, and then you, you wouldn't have to have the fine. You know, it would cut down on administration. You'd have cops doing more frontline duties. And, uh, yeah, it would look kind of cool as, like, money goes flying out of some perp's uh, wallet and into the barrel of a cop's gun. I do see one problem. I, I don't, but okay. What if these, these, these money-sucking weapons fall into the hands of the criminal element well, and they turn them against us? This is this is always a possibility, but a good guy with a money sucking gun will always be like of use against a bad guy with a money sucking gun. Right. I I really don't know why why I brought this one up. So, um, we should get this. We need to get this because we do not want to be sending our police into money sucking gunfights <laughs> where everybody yeah. ends up broke with a, with a knife. And then and then people have to actually go and like collect their knives because they can't afford anything else. We should look for some other innovative revenue tools now, Aiden. I think so. I think that'll be a good idea. And we're back. We are. We are. Yeah. Excellent. Um, all of those innovative revenue tools. They were. They were as always. They were excellent. And very innovative. I foresee a lot of revenue being generated by those tools. So, uh, I see next on the agenda is listener mail. Yes. We uh, got, I don't believe it. Yeah, we know. We, uh, I, I felt it was time to deal with a volume of fan mail that's been piling up. Okay. Um, most, of it, most of it actually gets sent back, apparently. Uh, if you, so, if you send something to the Queen City Improvement Bureau at City Hall, they will send it back. I don't know why. They, they just... They're just spiteful. Or they something. could just leave it by the door. We'd carry it down with us. I think so. I, I think they don't. I think they're a little jealous of the attention that we get from the city, or yeah. the, from like from the city at large, right? From the community because of the good yeah. work we do. Yeah. yeah, and our leopard. And our leopard. Yes. Yeah. Whom we I believe named Charlie. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Why he doesn't heck? come when you call him, anyways. They never do. Yeah. Stupid leopards. So what's this? Uh, what's this mail? Uh, about? Well, this is um. This is uh, this is from um, a nine-year-old girl. Her name's uh, Daisy. Oh yeah. And she wrote she wrote this to uh, I'm going to assume to me, um, D dear Mr. City Worker Man, that's me. How are you? I am fine. My name is Daisy, and I am in Miss Plumshirt's class. I don't know who Miss Plumshirt is, but she seems nice. Our class is writing to people to ask them questions. My question is, how do you get to work at the Queen City Improvement Bureau? Also, will you tell my brother Dale to stop his BS? Thank you, Daisy. <laughs> now, the letter was postmarked from uh, 95, uh, so I imagine Dale has stopped his BS by now, uh, hopefully, uh, unless he's grown up to be a jerk. 
And uh, Daisy, actually, Daisy, I'm using a, a pseudonym because Daisy's working on the sixth floor of City Hall. And and her brother is actually uh, overdosed, so sad story. Uh, but for all you curious young daisies, no doubt out there right now looking for a job in public service and wanting to get into the QCIB, because, you know, who wouldn't? Uh, my story is, uh, I'd say it's a pretty epic adventure and a tale of survival. Well, And it starts a few years ago. Uh, when I was working upstairs in city planning, not many people know I, I used to do that. Uh, and uh, the department went out to White City for a professional retreat at the Aspen Links Country Club. It's a lush 27 hole, um, 6,714 yard championship golf course with a 16,000 square foot clubhouse. It's fantastic, people. Anyway, uh, at some point after lunch, uh, we were doing a team building exercise and I wandered into some brush on the back nine and snagged the hem of my slacks. Uh, while I was trying to extricate myself, uh, my colleagues got back in the van, and they started the long drive home to Regina. By the time I emerged from the brush, torn and bleeding, and badly in need of the restroom, I was a changed man. I took stock, found a couple of cliff bars and a bottle of water on my person, and I calculated it could last me probably until late afternoon, and maybe, maybe till six o'clock if I rationed. I was almost resigned to dying out there on the course when I spotted the clubhouse in the distance. Fortifying myself with both cliff, gar- cliff bars, the entire bottle of water, a little bit of bran muffin I noticed, actually, just lying on the ground, and an apple that I had to wrestle away from a raccoon, I set off. The cruel heat and unpredictable barrage of golf balls nearly did me in several times, but I persevered. Luckily, I found a working golf cart with some remaining power. Slowly and silently, I pushed the cart away from a group of distracted golfers and then jumped in and began to work the controls as best I could, desperately hoping that the cart would have enough power to take me to the clubhouse, where I could maybe have a sandwich and use their phone, my cell phone having uh, been unfortunately cut off in a billing dispute with Sast Hill. Meanwhile, my co-workers... Is there Christmas music playing in the background of my story here? Yes. All right, because it's it's a heartwarming Christmassy tale. Meanwhile, my co-workers, having reached the eastern outskirts of the city, realized that they had left me behind. The traffic engineers back at City Hall were able to work out a new travel plan in which my co-workers could swing around Quant Street and use those big box stores as a gravitational assist to slingshot their vehicle back out to White City. By the time they got there, things were going rapidly downhill for me. The extensive scratches from the bushes and the raccoon had taken a toll on my appearance, and the golfers whose cart I'd commandeered had called the police, the consequence being that I got neither the use of a phone or the club sandwich I'd been anticipating. My co-workers claimed me and let me back in the van, but not without some grumbling and remarking in my appearance and, and smell. I think one of the raccoons may have urinated on me or... Possibly I did. It's very hard to keep track when you're locked in primal battle against a wild animal with really creepy little hands. Once back at the office, I was called in for a surprising and impromptu performance review. At the review, they noted that since this was the third time this had happened to me in the last nine months, it might be a good idea to reposition me in a department where my creativity and talent for making recommendations and never, ever, ever leaving the building could be put to better use. And I've been here ever since. So thank you, Daisy. I hope that was helpful. And sorry about your brother. That was a heartwarming story. It was. I never knew how you wound up here. I know. I, I don't tell it to many people. It's uh, it's it's a little bit painful, mostly because I contracted something from that raccoon, and a lifelong fear now of of weird little creepy raccoon hands. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I I don't know how to respond. <laughs> to yeah. Let's uh, let's see uh, let's see uh, and you. Well, with Daisy's letters, I thought I actually thought that she meant how do you get to work? Like, do you ride your bike? Oh, that's a better. Oh, that might have been the question. <laughs> I didn't think about that. But it's a good story. Um, thank you. Otherwise, it's impressive. Well, well thank you. Um, if if that is the uh, the question, then the answer is that um, usually I, uh, I I just sleep in a little cot in the in the basement okay. by the boiler, and I I don't I don't have to get to work at all because uh, I'm at work all the time. Okay. Prevents calamity. 
Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So dream a, big Daisy, I guess. Yes. Dream, dream big Daisy. Yeah. Well, that was a heroic tale. It was. On 91.3 CJTR, Regina's yeah. community radio station. That's, that's where people have heard it. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, should we move on? Uh, I don't know where we can go from there, but uh, yeah, if there's further it's business... It's all down. It's, it's all down from here. Oh, that's, that's fine. Um, how about... Well, I, I wanted to bring up some business arising from last week. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. We talked about the budgets last week, and um, uh, you'll remember that I had some audio from the from the budget meeting, and it wasn't very good because I had to record all of our uh, budget audio through the through the vents. Right. I've managed to clean up some of the other audio clips from the budget meetings, nice. and uh, so yeah, I thought we could like we could just revisit the budget because it's a very important document, and. Uh, one of the things that came up last week was the police budget. I'm worried that it may have sounded like we were being a little bit harsh on the police last week. Um, but really, I think what we wanted to, what I wanted to take a look at was some of the sort of immoderate language that council was using, not the police, in justifying the police budget to the uh, people who were in the uh, gallery that day. And uh, so I put together a supercut. Ooh. Of, uh, Councillors Burnett is first. Councillor Hinks is second. And Councillor Flagel is third in this, this supercut. And, uh, they're talking about, um, the need of the police for better policing, uh, a better policing arsenal, basically. And, uh, uh, this is some of the, uh, the arguments they made in favor of improving the, the gear the police get. I think in closing, my, my perception of what's happening, and I kind of lead off of some of the comments other councillors have made about, you know, the, the world is changing, the crime is changing, the police is changing, but I sense what's happening in, I think, my way of thinking and others is that there's a lot more anxiety and fear starting to build in the world right now, starting at the global level, working right down, and even, even locally when you read articles about more guns, more gangs, more this that uh, I, I worry, and I, I guess I do put a lot of emphasis on the safety and security, and as such, I'll certainly be supporting the increase in uh, your request for the budget, so thank you. And and for, as far as weapons and stuff like that, with what you guys are facing, like I say, behind that closed door, and we've seen what happened in the States, I mean, these guys here have these automatic weapons, and, and you know, uh, um, we have to equip you to, to deal with that, and... Uh, I guess I want to end by saying I think you're doing a great job. I'll be supporting the budget, and uh, thank you very much for what you do. Going on to the guns, I, you know what? In a perfect world, there would be no guns. But I will not stand here and have my officers go into, with a knife, go into a gunfight. I will not. That is absolutely criminal from us to not be able to do that. When I watch a TV show... And I listen to these, you know, and it's sure, it's actors and everything like that, but it's real life. When they say officer down, I get a pit in my stomach. And it's, it's TV, but it happens here. It happens in real life. I don't want that happening in Regina. And I will support this budget, and I support everything you guys are doing. Do you do all the right things? No. Does everybody do the right things? No. Are we trying? Yes. That's all I want to say. So, I, I can't believe that uh, Councillor Flagel so clearly stated that he doesn't want the, a TV industry in Regina. It's true. I mean, hasn't yeah. the province already done enough on that count? It's true. Yeah. yeah. Also, I was thinking, um, uh, since what's on TV is so influential uh, in uh, Councillor Flagel's um, decision-making about how to uh, spend money uh, on the police budget... Um, I think we need to get them watching Jessica Jones and The mm-hmm. Walking Dead, and then maybe upstairs we'll finally start taking our suggestions about zombie apocalypse preparedness and super villain preparedness seriously. I think you're right, because they'd watch The Walking Dead, and Flago will be like, it's TV, but it's real life. Yeah. 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 So um, I, uh, I've made the suggestion. I don't know if he's going to listen what, to us. What kind of pit do you think he gets? Like Maybe like a peach pit? Peach pit in his stomach. Maybe, Maybe he should Beverly look into Hills that. Nine hundred two one zero. He's like every time that happens, he just he, in his mind he goes to the peach pit. Uh, it doesn't sound so bad <laughs> it anymore. Do, it doesn't actually. It's like it's a happy place. Yeah. yeah. 
So uh, that that was a lot of that wasn't all of the discussion about uh, police weaponry uh, or the police in general. There was a lot of stuff about you know the good work that they do in the schools, which is legitimate. They. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a uh, police involvement in the schools uh, program that was the first in North America and has done a lot of really good work to help kids. Um, but this is how uh, Fougere, our mayor, closed debate on, uh, on the, um, the, the whole policing issue. I think we've seen uh, another example of uh, the incredibly difficult job that uh, police officers have in our community. A changing circumstance, changing uh, crime, more complicated, more violent. We're seeing this all the time. Uh, I have nothing but the greatest regard and admiration for our police service. Uh, I have the, the privilege of chairing the, the police commission. I've done so for the past three years and know what, uh, that every day an officer goes out, he or she goes out not knowing what they'll face. I can't imagine a more difficult job every day of the year to do that. We have an obligation to ensure that our officers are on the street with the right equipment, the right number of people, to ensure that we have a safe community. We've heard tonight uh, a lot about accountability, and I think this is a good example tonight of accountability in and of itself. The chief here for an uh, hour and a half, and thank you, chief, for, for standing here answering questions very patiently. I can't imagine a circumstance in this community where we cut back on equipment or personnel, and we have a problem somewhere. The first thing people will say was, what were you as council or police commission thinking? They'd be wondering what, what we were doing this. We are not police officers. We are asked by the police board to approve a, a budget that speaks to dealing with crime, which is changing continuously and all the time. This is a modest increase, a very modest increase. Councilor Young's comments about um, finding efficiencies in order to find more frontline officers is a great question to ask, great answer, Chief. Councilor Hinks, your comments on a personal level are very important. Uh, I, just, I just say that we must pass this budget. It is modest. It provides what I believe to be support for the best police service in Canada. We have the most transparency and accountability. Those concerned about conduct or treatment can go to the Police Complaints Commission and have that dealt with. It's transparent. It's separate from the police service. It's not part of the Regina Police Service. It ensures accountability, ensures transparency. I'm extremely proud to uh, stand here and ask for members of council to please support this budget. Thank you. So that was the mayor closing debate on the police budget. Um, Yeah, it's... with strong language like that um, around, you know, sort of like the peril that police are constantly in, uh, you ki- I, I found that you kind of lost sight of the fact that this was a budget debate. And uh, what they were talking about is, you know, how much money they're going to be, you know, availing the police of this year. And uh, so much, so often it came down to, you know, the police don't know what they're going to be finding behind a door and we've got to make sure that they have carbines and um, most dangerous job ever. Um but a lot of policing is traffic. A lot of police, yeah, is um, parking enforcement, uh, and uh, you know, white qual- white collar crimes, and uh, you know, policing the internet. Uh, our police uh, do a lot more than uh, run around uh, like they're in the sabotage video. Right. Yeah. Well, you you mentioned actually they do they do a lot of community work, and they I mean they I mean it's it's a lot more than. You know, may, like then, like you say, risking risking your life. All of that is obviously a component of parts of police work. Mm-hmm. I just, I found it. I think I found it disturbing that when we're talking about the police budget, uh, there was uh, such ease that uh, council was willing to like slip into talking about danger and sort of raising fears of changing crime and uh, drugs and guns. And um, that this was meant to sort of justify the police budget. It made it hard, I think, if you came out to ask, well, excuse me, uh, are we are they using the police budget efficiently? Uh, are they, you know, are they doing their job as, <laughs> as like, you know, carefully and, uh, you know, it's like, you know, keeping an eye on the bottom line, uh, the way every other department is expected to be. And I think it would make it difficult for a counselor to ask a question about that. And only one counselor did. 
um, that there was a mention in there about Councillor Young's question about efficiencies. Um, well, I've got that question here. Oh. You've gone through your own budget to try to um, um, save money on other things so that you can put more officers on the street to do the community policing that, uh, that uh, you are known for. Could you just mention briefly how you've done that? Certainly. We're always looking for efficiencies, and uh, in previous year's budget and this year's budget, we had, uh, in, in this year's budget, we're converting two existing sworn police officer positions uh, that we're, we're primarily doing quasi-administrative, but a, a function that we thought could be uh, done by a civilian employee. So we're hiring two civilians, and then those two will join the additional six that we'll, we'll be hiring. Uh, so that's an example of finding efficiencies okay. within the police service. Thank you. So that was Councillor Young grilling Police Chief Troy Hagan about the efficiencies that his department has found, which is apparently yes. reassigning two people and hiring two people. That is highly efficient. Yeah. I, I gotta say, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's it's he rest, he's keeping the balance. <laughs> he is his very sounds very static. Yeah. Uh, I, I was I was actually uh, I was actually thinking, uh, like during during that whole that whole thing. Uh, actually, I, I've lost track of what I was thinking. <laughs> to be honest, I'm just gonna sit here and smile. Okay. Okay. So that's. Um, yeah, that's 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 our look at the police budget, uh, and uh, the uh, the way that it was picked apart at council, uh, which wasn't which wasn't terribly. Uh, there there are um, there are meetings. Uh, the police board has meetings that the public is allowed to go to. Uh, policing has been in the news a lot, and there was a huge number of people to show up at this week's police uh, board hearing. So sorry. Oh, I I remember what I was thinking. Okay, it was it was just in there waiting waiting for it to be accessed by my memories. Uh, I'm wondering how crime has changed. I've, I have a feeling that like criminals are out there, like throwing the internet at people and stuff. I'm pretty sure it has yeah. turned into that. Yeah, yeah. a lot of. I thought there was a lot of cyber crime, and so the increased guns doesn't make too much sense to me for cyber crime increase. Well, yeah. cyber criminals tend to wear like really snazzy suits and like <laughs> skateboard around, and that can be a problem. So it's true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm basing much of what I know about cybercrime from uh, the movie Hackers. Uh, um, it's, I mean, it's you know, it's a movie, film. it's a movie, but it's real life. So yeah. I should probably stop doing that. No, you should send that up to <laughs> Councillor Flagel because then maybe Council will start taking cybercrime more seriously. That's that's right. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, I wanted to end off our look at the police budget this week by um, one more one more bit from uh, Councillor Young. Councillor Hinks wanted me to make sure that I mentioned Merlot. The um, is is he termed a comfort dog? Is that is that the title of? Um, and uh, he um, Merlot visited us, so we got a chance to see her and uh, see how how she interacts with people. Do you think you'll be adding more dogs to the um, to your staff? Oh, ooh, will they? Well, I really want to know. Well, it, really it depends if. If the uh, if the comfort dog or the police dog program works out and uh, it's good value for money, more police dogs. I think I think they should look for efficiencies to make that happen. Yeah, I mean well, Merlot yeah. and Cabernet and maybe like a Pinot yeah. Grigio dog. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah that's a, that's a classy sounding set of dogs. Yeah, and I was thinking like if I could if I could just offer some suggestions to council on this. Uh, this was the last question of the night um, for the police chief. And um, I hate to say it, but this is where they should have started. If they had started their discussion of the police budget by talking about police dogs, who could say no to a budget increase for a cute, fuzzy police dog? Well, nobody. Exactly. You'd be a monster to turn to to come out against a budget increase for a police dog. I, <laughs> I think so. I agree. You'd just be you'd be the worst. You yeah. would be. Yeah. So. Um, that's it. That's all I had on the budget. Um, yeah. There's, there's no more on the budget? There, well, there's more. We can save it for another night. Oh, good. Um, 
Outstanding improvements, I'll just like briefly mention that the fees and phasing plan was passed this week in another special meeting. Whew. Yeah. So that is, uh, it increases the fees that developers pay to build greenfield developments. And uh, it also like uh, controls how the uh, new neighborhoods are built. And that's about it. That's that's all that's new. That sounds. In, they've they've increased they've increased the amount of the developer fees quite high. So. Um, so what what do the developers think of that? They loved it. <laughs> they loved it. They, loved they actually it. did. Developers really because I mean developers yeah. traditionally I know they love fee increases. Yeah. No. Uh, we had developers come out uh, representing Harvard Developments, Rosewood Park Alliance Church, and Dream, which is formerly Dundee Developments, mm. where our former director of planning and sustainability now works. Huh. Yeah, or director, yeah, director of planning and something or other. Um, he's now their representative. So we got to see Jason Carlston, who used to be working for the city, presenting to the city. Um, yeah, so the plan basically has changed in that in the past, you paid, a uh, developer would pay fees. Those fees would be used to, to build infrastructure. Now, if you're building a neighborhood, uh, any infrastructure that's just going to be used within that neighborhood, the developer pays 100% for it. Any infrastructure you need that's going to be, um, you know, that could be accessed by the rest of the society, uh, the community, like a pipe that runs through it, the city pays a portion. So that's it. Um, I guess it's our Christmas. Christmas is coming up. It so is. So Merry Christmas, Aiden. Mer thank you. Yeah. Uh, but you Merry mean, Christmas, you be Sarah Maria. Better, better to wish Christmas. me uh, Merry Han Hanukkah than, than yeah. Christmas. Happy um, Hanukkah. Season's greetings. Thank you. Season's greetings, sure. Thank you. Um, happy Candlemas. Happy can Thank you. Happy, yeah. happy Assumption December Ween. <laughs> happy December Ween. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say uh, on uh, the gift-giving question, though, um, you know who doesn't need any presents this year? Uh, I, well, I Your dad. Lots. My dad? No, he doesn't. Yeah. He's My dad, neither. No. Um, old, old men, especially. Yeah, old. Like they have old dudes. they have buckets of money. They can buy anything they want. They're happy. Uh, my dad, he just wants me to take him out for dinner. So I'm going to take my dad out for dinner. The money I would otherwise spend on a present for, like, the old dudes in my life, I'm giving it to charity. Okay, Mr. Moral High Ground. Yep, that's right. me. Now I'm going to have me. to do that, too. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, so, guilt is a powerful motivator at Christmas time. Yeah. So, I mean, we could uh, you could give uh, money or gift cards to the Regina Open Door Society. They've got that's a good Syri idea. I mean, they've always got people coming in. We've got uh, we've got a number of Syrians uh, coming in. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, and they've... They're all good for um, food and clothing and stuff, but gift cards and money, they, they never gets old. Uh, no chocolate-covered carrots, though. Yeah. Nobody likes those. Avoid yeah. those from now on. Yeah. Exactly. Other good places, uh, Regina Anti-Poverty Ministry, uh, mm -hmm. Carmichael Outreach. Yep. Um, yeah. Police Dog Fund. Police Dog Fund. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we need more police dogs. Yeah. All right. So motion motion to adjourn the meeting? I will second that motion. Excellent. We have no quorum, but we're going to stop anyway. You have been listening to the weekly broadcast of the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 93.1 FM CJTR, Regina's community radio station. You can contact us with questions or comments at Twitter, uh, Queen City IB, uh, Facebook at uh, Queen City Improvement Bureau, you know, Facebook.com, or check out our website, uh, www.queencityib.com. Keep on improving, Regina.